0: Just go to Indeed.com/slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: So you may have started noticing that there's some strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not actually beer. It's mountain spring water from the Alps and it's called Liquid Death. Why is this water called Liquid Death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tallboy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They'll also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. See, what you may not know is that most plastic isn't actually recyclable anymore, and the plastic you throw in a recycling bin actually just gets sent to a landfill because it's not profitable to recycle. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. So go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with our store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday.
0: 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Packaday Podcast.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pack a Day podcast. Happy Packers game day. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thanks so much for being here today. If you have not hit that subscribe button already, please make sure to do so. We're working our way to 10,000 subscribers. So any additional follower, subscriber, anything would be greatly appreciated. But more than anything, just so glad you're here checking out this pregame edition of the Pack a Day podcast. Let's start with the keys to the game. I should note up front and just full transparency, I am pre-recording this on extremely early Saturday morning. uh, So I haven't heard any of the transactions from Saturday, any injury updates, anything like that. I don't think it changes any of the keys to this game, but just wanted to give you a full heads up on that prior to this. Uh, But it is Packers game day. There are still keys to this game that we want to go over. So let's start if you listen to my pre uh, or excuse me my scouting report episode from yesterday, you'll have heard me go ad nauseum over the really tough matchup of Washington's defensive front against the Packers offensive line and watching Washington's defensive line, Daron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, that group against the Titans offensive line from 2 weeks ago it was a mirror image of what the Jets defensive line did against the Packers offensive line last week and gave me extreme PTSD flashbacks watching it over because just full transparency and full honesty, like it, it was nerve wracking watching Washington play against the Titans offensive line when you know in the back of your head that the biggest weakness that the Packers have right now is their offensive line play. Heck, we don't even know how they're going to line up on the offensive line. And seeing that again, seeing Washington's defensive front just rip through the Titans offensive line, play after play, after play, after play, the exact same way the Jets did against the Packers last week. It's like, listen, I know Green Bay is the better overall football team. I know that they should win this game. I know that the talent differential is huge in favor of the Packers, but Washington's best trait... Is their defensive front and the ability to get after the quarterback and stop the run. And Green Bay's biggest weakness is their offensive line. And it is a potentially catastrophic mismatch that if Green Bay's offensive line doesn't step up, this is going to be a Washington win. And that would really be a just, you know, not a dagger, not a Wayne Larravee dagger to the season by any means. Green Bay's still going to be in this for the remainder of the season. But Uh, It would still be a devastating blow for where Green Bay's at right now. So there is zero question about it. The key to this game is the Packers' offensive line. And clearly, they do not have to be perfect. There are going to be some issues. Aaron Rodgers is going to get sacked. The offensive line is going to struggle to open running lanes for Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. That just is what it is. But they have to be better. This can't be another 20 pressure performance. They've got to, at minimum, at minimum, cut that in half and probably cut that into like a fourth. And that's a really tall task against Sweat and Allen and Payne and company. This is a very good Washington defensive front. And Washington has the ability to play that same formula, single high, press man on the outside, get to the quarterback with four, win against Green Bay's offensive line, make it difficult to run the ball, have an extra player in the box. And it's just gonna make things very complicated for Green Bay again. So how they come up with a solution is gonna be interesting. And it mostly just comes down to, can the offensive line block better? And if the answer is they can't, that Green Bay will have an opportunity to win because the Titans won against Washington despite having 19 pressures against them. But the, the margin is razor, razor thin. So number one, Packers O-line versus Commander's defensive line. Number two, they have to stay patient with the running game have to keep feeding Aaron Jones. I don't care how poorly it's going. It's going to feel like running into a brick wall. If the Titans would not have continued to run with Derrick Henry, they would have lost. If Green Bay does not continue to run with Aaron Jones, I believe they will lose. And I think it's, it's not a, a, a like a tall ask, right? It seems to be a tall ask because Green Bay continues to fail to give Aaron Jones the football but he's just his yards over expectation are one of the best in the league. He's a dynamic football player with the ball in his hands. Just feed Aaron Jones. Live with the negatives. Live with the inefficiencies because he will pay it off with some big runs and get that running game going, and if he really has the opportunity to burst a couple of those or just give Green Bay a boost, I think that he can. I think that he will, and that very much could be the difference in this game. Number three, be wary of Terry McLaurin and Diami Brown with the splash plays. This is not an easy decision for Joe Barry on how he wants to play this game. And a lot of it is due to the fact of having two playmakers on the outside that can win down the field. And De'Ami Brown, I, I think, is a little bit like, you know, whether it's a Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs, where it's still inconsistent. So it's not something that you have to be like super cognizant of. But if you let him beat you off the line, he has the ability to burn you deep. He did it twice for touchdowns against the, the, the uh, Titans. So you've got to be really, really careful and make sure that you are not letting him beat you deep. He's not a playmaker, you know. Yet underneath, he's not a great route runner. So just be wary of him. If you have to be a little extra cautious, if you're playing man on him on the outside, don't buy any double moves. If he get, you know, gets a 15 yard completion, so be it. Live to see another down. But you can't let McLaurin and uh, Deami Brown get some of those explosive plays. Very, well, very well could be the difference in the game, just as it was against the Titans. Number four, Romeo Dobbs versus Benjamin Saint Juiced. I do think this is a matchup that Green Bay can win if they can get this matchup. St. Just is still a young corner, loves playing more of a physical press man-to-man you know, cover game, and I don't think he's the most fleet of foot corner in the world. And I think Romeo Dobbs, especially if you can get some free releases off of him, has the ability to beat him, whether it's on a slant, a crosser, a nine, whatever it may be, that's a, a matchup that I think Green Bay can win. I don't think Washington's corners are going to you know, just be able to shut down any of these Packers wide receivers, kind of like we saw with Sauce Gardner with the Jets. But if Dobbs can get matched up with St. Juice, that is a matchup that Green Bay can win and one that we should keep an eye on because if they do get that matchup, I think I think this could be Dobbs' first 100-yard performance this week against Washington. Love the matchup of Kenny Clark versus Washington's interior offensive line. Andrew Norwell, Sadiq Charles, those are both two players that I think Clark can take advantage of. I would love to see on some you know pass, obvious passing downs to maybe see if Devontae Wyatt could as well. He's a freak show talent-wise. His technique's a little bit of a mess, but just let him get after Sadiq Charles or Andrew Norwell and see if he can't maybe get some pressure as well. We'll see what Dean Lowry, Jerron Reed can do. Jerron Reed's quietly having a very nice season so far. I think that's a matchup, this Packers defensive interior versus Washington's offensive line interior uh, that can be a real big advantage for the, the Packers defense. I'm not sure about you guys, but it still catches me off guard when I walk down the water aisle at the grocery store and see these new tall boys that look like beer chilling out in the middle of the bottled water section. Of course it's not actually beer, it's Liquid Death, a new mountain spring water from the Alps that's available in still, sparkling, and three unique flavors. But why is it called Liquid Death you may ask? Well, it's because Liquid Death donates 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Even better is that the use of their aluminum Tallboy cans is also helpful, as aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. Friends, bottled water has always been boring to me, but there's absolutely nothing boring about Liquid Death. I love the crisp, refreshing pop of the can when I open it, and the water simply tastes better in a can than it does out of a bottle. Add in their three unique flavors. Personally, I love the lime, and the overall experience is infinitely better than any other water product. Plus, it just looks so much cooler holding a tall boy labeled Liquid Death that looks like you're holding a crisp, refreshing beer. So do me a favor and go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or hy Or you can find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. Number six, I I can't really believe that I'm saying this because if you would have told me going into the season, I needed to say this against Washington, I would have not probably believed you. Green Bay's got to get some turnovers. Like this defense just has to make things a bit easier for the offense. And to be fair, the special teams got Green Bay, a blocked punt, put them in phenomenal field position against the Jets and and the Packers offense just completely squandered it. So it's not as easy as that. It's not just getting a turnover and hoping for the best. But, man, if they could just get a couple turnovers, get off the field, and give Green Bay a boost, some great field position, and Green Bay could be, you know, actually take advantage of it, it just would be huge. And right now, I think the bigger thing, right, is like they can't lose the turnover margin. The, the margin for error for Green Bay right now is razor thin. And turnovers, something that they've always done a great job of winning the turnover battle in the Matt LaFleur era... Even if they lost it, they had the ability to overcome. Right now, that's not the case. If they're making the bigger mistakes and they're getting the turnovers, Washington has the ability to win. So, not only do I want to see Green Bay like not lose the turnover battle, it would be really nice to see them win it and set the offense up for some success. Number seven, I think the play of Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker are going to be extremely important, both to containing Taylor Heineke as a runner making sure that he, when he checks the ball down, whether it's to Gibson, McKissick, Robinson, whomever, that they're making quick tackles. Those guys have the ability to make plays in the open field. And then the shallow crossers as well, something that Washington likes to do. If they are not communicating, they're going to be open shallow crossers. And if they're not rallying to the football and getting to the football quickly, those are going to be shallow crossers that go from two, three yard gains to eight plus yard gains, and maybe even a lot more explosive than that. Number eight, Can you handle some adversity this week, please? Because there probably will be. I think this is going to be an ugly game. I think this is not going to be one that Green Bay just goes to Washington, you know, gets out of there 31 0, you know, wipes their hands and says, that was easy. I think this is going to be a pain in the ass game. And there's probably going to be some adversity at times. And Green Bay has not done a good job in those sort of situations, really in the Matt LaFleur era. And I would like to see them finally respond to some adversity. It's it just has to happen. You're going to get punched during the course of a game and you can't just get deflated. You've got to go back and want to get that back immediately and have a little bit of, um, you know, fight in you. And that doesn't mean, by the way, just throw, you know, three straight, you know, deep balls to try to get it all back in one play. Go and, you know, it, it takes, it takes, uh, um, how do I want to say it? it the, the smarter way in that situation is to you kind of do things the hard way, is to go and put a drive together, a sustained drive that's going to get you back in the game. It's not just to try to get it back in one play. So whether it's offensively, defensively, special teams, there's going to be adversity, and I want to see Green Bay handle it much better this week. Number nine, red zone defense. Last year, Washington's offense with Taylor Heineke, 430 yards of offense, but went 0 for 4 in the red zone and only put up 10 points. I think Washington has the ability to move the ball a little bit in this game and it very well could come down to red zone defense again. That is something that Green Bay has struggled with at times also. If those drives by Taylor Heineke, those, you know, when they do get going, if those result in three points or less, you're in good shape. If those start resulting in seven points, we know that Green Bay's offense is not the most dynamic and explosive right now. It's going to be tough to overcome. That puts a lot of pressure on Green Bay's defense. But if they're starting to struggle in the red zone, Definitely would be a recipe for disaster. And then, number 10, last but not least, please, please, please play some complimentary football. This has been something that's been avoiding Green Bay all year. I think if everyone does their 111th and everyone is contributing the way that they are supposed to, it is going to make everyone else better. And so many times, and what makes football so great is it is 11 players playing cohesive football at the same time for like trying to get a common goal in an individual play. And if one player screws something up, it, it completely topples the Jenga tower. Right. And they just have to do a better job of playing within themselves, complementing each other and going out and playing a winning brand of football because what we've seen too often is the offense doesn't set up the defense. The defense doesn't set up the offense. The special team's inconsistent. You know, the, when the offense screws something up, the defense can't get off the field immediately allows a touchdown when the defense, you know, isn't getting off the field. The offense, you know, can't get anything more than a three and out after three deep passes down the field. It's just poor complimentary football. And he's even on the same like side of the ball, right? It's like, when Kenny Clark and everyone's you know dominating inside, that's the that seems to be the plays where all of a sudden an edge rusher or a linebacker isn't setting the edge, and then they get around the edge rather than funneling it back inside where Kenny and company are dominating inside. Or when the edge is set, then all of a sudden T.J. Slayton's out of his gap or Quay Walker's out of his gap, and now you've got a huge crease up the middle. It's just doing your job. It's the Bill Belichick, do your job, do your 111th, play complimentary football, and maybe it's not you making the play, but set up the guy next to you. And maybe more importantly, like another thing that I think this team has struggled with is when the, when the guy next to you make a, makes a mistake, pick, like pick do something to help and, and pick that guy up. Like this is an imperfect game played by imperfect players. Guys are going to make mistakes. But if Quay Walker gets out of his gap, can Darnell Savage or Adrian Amos get in that gap and make the tackle so it's an eight yard run instead of a 30 yard run? Right. Can we pick up our guy that made a mistake? If you know what, if, if two wide receivers are running in the same, you know, vicinity or whatever the case may be, uh, can, can Rogers overcome that? And can he pick them up and maybe get outside of the pocket or make a play and you know hit his check down and can the check down, maybe make a guy miss, like things are going to be imperfect. And we, you know, we need to see Green Bay just do a lot better job of handling those situations and just picking up the guy next to him. That is a part of complimentary football as well. I want to see this team play as a what 48-man active game day roster where everyone's playing cohesively on the same page, one heart, one team, one mind and just play with a, a real team brand of football because i think that's been something that's been really missing and if they can complement each other the entirety of this team starts playing better and all of a sudden you get a couple of turnovers you hit on a couple of those deep shots your offensive line plays a little bit better and all of a sudden instead of you know some of these games that are going into you know 10 point 17 point losses all of a sudden start becoming 10 point wins and you can start gaining some momentum and realizing the brand of football that you need to play moving forward Final prediction for this game Packers 20, Commanders 16. I do think Green Bay gets away with a win. I do think it's going to be ugly. I do think it's going to be annoying, but I do think ultimately Green Bay comes out with the victory, a much needed victory before they head to Buffalo next week. So, quick recap on the keys to the game Packers' offensive line is 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D, 1E, 1F. You probably have to go all the way to like Q before anything else starts mattering. Stay patient with the run. McLaurin and De'Ami Brown cannot get deep and make those splash explosive plays. Love the matchup of Romeo Dobbs versus Benjamin St. Juice. Kenny Clark versus Washington's interior offensive line. Green Bay needs to get some turnovers and help out their offense a little bit. The play of Quay Walker and uh, Devondre Campbell going to be huge. How they handle adversity, how they handle red zone defense, and can they actually play some complimentary football. Those are my keys to the game. Again, final score, Packers 20 Washington 16. That is my prediction. We'll be right back here tomorrow to break everything down for you. So again, make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Hope you enjoy the game. Need a Packers victory. That does it for me. But until next time, and as always, go Packo. Go.